0: Thanks for listening to the Oasis City Church podcast. We're located in Boise, Idaho, but wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you and empowers you to take a step towards living a life fully devoted to following Jesus. I want to take a minute. How many of you know that the Bible says to give honor where honor is due? And I don't know about you, but I, I think our world has lost the ability to give honor. And I think it's, uh, I think it's important that we bring that back into our churches. And so um, I just wonder if we could take a minute and if we could honor pastors Landon and Brooke as they have sowed their life into this city and are building a phenomenal church. They love each other. Come on, somebody, that's good news right there, okay? <clears throat> they, love, they love their family. They love you and they love Jesus, come on. So I'm just wondering, if you love your pastors today, can we give them a massive round of applause? Can we thank them? Come on somebody. I know that you guys have, um, there's a lot of nuance to this journey, this story, and uh, just. I, I wanna make sure I don't just say the same thing in every service and regurgitate it, I wanna say special things and so, um, it takes a lot to, to, to bob and to weave and to do the things that you guys are doing right now uh, with your, your story and your background and all the stuff. And I just wanna commend you uh, for being faithful uh, in a journey when it's been hard. Um, there's been a lot of tears sown, um, a lot of blood, uh, a, lot of, a lot of tenacity has, has been needed in you guys. And so uh, I just wanna honor you guys for that. I believe that the future is bright for you. And uh, if you would just continue to remain faithful people, consistent, Full of character, full of integrity, you will see God move in your life and continue to move in this church in Jesus' mighty name. Can we put our hands, can we reach our hands out towards these guys right now? I just want to pray over them. If you're around them, would you just lay your hands on them? Jordan, I'm gonna just grab these guys. Father, I thank you for Landon and Brooke. I thank you that you're moving in their lives, that you're building them, that you are growing them. And so God, right now, I ask that you would pour out a double portion of anointing on them right now, God. God, I pray that you would give them the eyes to see and the ears to hear what it is that you want them to see and hear, God. That they would lead confidently and securely. That they wouldn't lead by way of gifts and talents, but they would lead by way of your power and your grace, God. Give them everything that they need for this next season of leadership. God, as they lead this beautiful community into a new year, God, would you support them, sustain them, guide them, speak to them? We thank you for them. We bless them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and all God's people shouted, amen, amen. amen. Come on, can we put our hands together one more time for them? Awesome, I'm so glad you're here today. Hey, why don't you grab your seat and tell the person next to you as you're sitting down, you are the best looking thing I've sat next to all week, come on. For some of you, that got really weird. You're like, I don't even know you right now. And if you're single, you're welcome. Um, It's good to be with you guys today. Um, As Landon said, my name is Jason Parrish. I pastor a beautiful church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, Actually, just south of Salt Lake. We say Salt Lake because no one knows the other area, but we're like in this little town called Sandy, um, just south of the downtown area. And uh, we've been there for 11 years. We planted our church. Actually, um, last weekend was our 11-year anniversary as a church. And so we celebrated. Yeah, I'm home. It was great celebration and so i'm excited to be able to be here today with you um, on your anniversary don't take anniversaries lightly um, did you know that it is a significant it is a significant reality to be standing here today celebrating one year as a church with so much fruit um we were talking last night at dinner did you know the average church in america i just read in the study the average church of america is about 65 people It's the size of the average church in america right now And so I just want you to recognize that what God's doing here at Oasis Church is significant. Uh, Can we just say it's abnormal? Let's go, somebody, right? Your church is weird, let's go. (laughs) So I think we should just uh, take great comfort in that. And with that being the vein of of thought today, I I wanna talk about what it takes to keep it going. And it's a little thing called faithfulness. And faithfulness is not a subject matter that gets talked about that much. It's not, it's not a sexy conversation. Some of you are tripping out that I just said that in church today, okay? It's not one of those conversations that gets a lot, of, a lot of fanfare, but I think it's one of the most important conversations that we have. Before I read this scripture that I'm gonna read to you today, Eugene Peterson, who is the author of the Message Translation of the Bible, he would say that faithfulness is a long walk of obedience in the same direction. Long walk of obedience in the same direction. And so today my hope is, I don't wanna be a guest speaker today. Can I just be another pastor who loves the local church with you today? Can I just be your crazy uncle, say some things? Might ruffle your feathers a little bit and then I'll leave, I'll get on an airplane and you can deal with it later, is that all right? Can y'all, that's, that's my hope today is I just wanna encourage us to be faithful. I just wanna encourage us to keep on going. I just wanna encourage you to keep on loving this valley that you're in. I wanna encourage you to keep on loving Boise the way that you're loving them. I wanna encourage you to keep on loving prodigals as they continue to come home. I I wanna encourage you to keep on loving wayward people and people who have gone a little sideways and people who are confused. I wanna encourage you to keep on being grace-filled, passionate, worshiping, loving church that you are right here in Valley of Boise. Someone shout faithful. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. I heard this is the rowdy service, so you're going to preach back at me. You should be awake right now. Yeah, right. You've had coffee and breakfast. I'll preach faster if you shout me down. We'll get out of here in 15 minutes if you're loud, okay? Nobody said <laughs> Nobody said 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 1 to 2. This is our text for today. Paul the apostle writing to the church at Corinth. This is what he says. He said, a person should think of us in this way, as servants of Christ. And here it is, this is, where, this is where there's gravity in Paul's writing, there's weight to what he's about to say. And he says, and managers of the mysteries of God. Did you know that you're not just a Christian? You're not just a churchgoer. You are a manager and a steward of the mysteries of God. I think sometimes we don't add enough weight, we don't add enough gravity to what it is that we are, who it is that we are. For some of us, Christian could be just a label, something we check off on our Facebook or we put in our bio on on our Instagram or something we talk a little bit about if you're on TikTok or wherever you find yourself. But can I tell you that there's so much more to being a Christian that Paul would tell us at the end of the day, you are a manager, you are a steward of the mysteries of God. And then he'll tell us what's required of those people. He would say in this regard, verse two, it is required that managers be found faithful, faithful. So today I wanna speak to you from the subject found faithful as we look at what is required of each of us to be found as faithful servants of Jesus. Will you pray with me just one more time today? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's active, it's powerful. It has the ability to transform us from the inside out. God, speak to us right now. God, I pray that in this moment, as we submit ourselves to the counsel of your word, that, you would, that we wouldn't hear my words. No one needs Jason Parrish's words, we need your words, God. And you told us in your word that your word is like seed that is scattered, and that seed is looking for and needs soft soil. And if that seed finds soft soil, that seed will take root It will begin to grow and it will begin to flourish and it will begin to produce fruit. So God, I ask right now that our hearts would be soft to receive the seed of your word, God. And I pray that we would leave different than how we came in. Speak to us now. We need your word. In Jesus' mighty name, come on and all God's people shouted. Amen. Amen. I... uh, we planted our church 11 years ago. When I woke up the morning that we were gonna plant our church excited, butterflies in my stomach, here we are getting ready to launch this thing and we woke up to nine inches of snow. It was fantastic. Has anybody ever noticed that snow only happens on Sundays, right? And, uh, Our team descended. We had to pull a 26-foot trailer to a junior high school. We were getting ready to launch in, in nine inches of snow. The streets were a mess. The team was flustered, but they showed up. We descended upon this trailer. We unloaded it, and we set up church in this little junior high auditorium in Holiday, Utah. And that morning, I remember going out to the sidewalk, and I would continue this process for the nine months that we'd spend in this school, I'd go out to the sidewalk and I'd look down the sidewalk to the parking lot where all the cars would be parked. But I remember this first Sunday. And the first Sunday I thought to myself, God, will anybody show up today? The entire launch team had delivered 20,000 door hangers. Tromping through snow, putting them on people's doors. We didn't do a mailer because we didn't have the money to do it. So I said, team, we're just going to deliver to people's doors. We did. 20,000 flyers went out. And I remember on launch Sunday, looking down the sidewalk as cars would start to come in and people would start to walk down the street, the sidewalk into our junior high that day. And you know what's crazy is that every single Sunday, I still ask the question, God, are people gonna show up today? And by God's grace, by God's faithfulness, they keep on coming. How many of you'd agree with me that God is faithful? I know some of us in here might not because you're kicking the tires on faith, you're trying to figure things out, but for the most part, how many of you could agree with me today? Can we all acknowledge, come on somebody, that God is faithful. And we know that God is faithful, but what Paul's teaching us is if God is faithful and he has faithful people, it's an equation that can't be beat. Where there is a faithful God And there is faithful people. Come on, somebody. Anything is possible at the end of the day. As we just sang this morning, could you imagine with all of the faith in the room, a faithful God and a faithful people, did you know that anything is possible in this valley of Boise? Faithfulness. It's not a popular message. And it'd be easy to think that the most significant issue that the church is facing is sin. Can I tell you it's not? Sin's been around for a while and the church has still thrived. It'd be easy to think that the most significant issue that the church is facing is the devil. But last time I checked, he's been defeated. So we'd be wrong again. It'd be easy to think that the most significant issue that the church is facing is the current culture we are in. But can we all acknowledge that culture has been wild and out since the garden? So once again, we would be wrong. Here's my take on it. I believe that the most significant issue that the church is facing today is a faithfulness issue. People continuing to be the people they've been called and designed to be. And that's what Paul's dealing with in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses one to two. If you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this down. I think it's important that we grab this. The greatest testament to your life and to my life will be the testament of faithfulness. I wanna ask you a question today at the end of your life could people say that he or she was faithful? Would your gravestone be able to say that he was faithful, she was faithful? You know, I hope in my life at the end of the day that my my wife can say he was a faithful husband that my kids can say, I got my daughter, she's traveling with me uh, this, this week, and my 12-year-old daughter, she's my, she's my middle daughter. And uh, I, I hope that when my kids get older and they're standing over my grave one day, I know that's a weird, morbid thought, sorry, babe. Um, <laughs> but I hope what they can say, they can celebrate at the end of the day, dad was a faithful dad. I hope my church can say about me that he was a faithful pastor. At the end of the day, the greatest testament to your life and to my life is just to simply be found faithful. At the end of the day. And what's crazy to me is that we've made faithfulness unattractive. We love the Cinderella story, rags to riches, but no one ever talks about the faithfulness story. The one of character, the one of consistency and, and integrity continued over time. But how many of you would acknowledge today that all when faithfulness is in operation, it doesn't get much fanfare. But if you remove faithfulness from the equation, you know it's missing. How many of you know when faithfulness is happening in a marriage, it's not a big deal, but how many of you know when faithfulness is extracted from marriage, we all know about it? And there's great pain. How many of you know when there's faithfulness in leadership within a church, no one says much about it, but if you extract faithfulness from the leadership, how many of you know, you notice it? So at the end of the day, faithfulness is this constant thing that is in everything that we do that we don't celebrate that much and we don't give much fanfare to, but if you remove it, if you extract it, There's great pain, great turmoil, and great frustration. My encouragement today, church, is that we be found faithful. According to the the Greek Strong's Concordance, the meaning in the Greek is pistos, it's the Greek word, and it means trustworthy, true, sure, believable, worthy of credit, faithful in duty to oneself and others, true fidelity, firmness in faith, confiding, trusting, believing. Church, we have to, once again, become acquainted with the conviction of faithfulness. See, you and I are not just to steward a position, who we are in Christ, but we are also called to steward a possession, that which Christ has given us to use. Y'all with me this morning? And so Paul calls us managers, stewards, and we are to be found faithful. Maybe a more simplified definition of this, if you need just something more succinct to write down. Faithfulness is the proper stewardship of all that God has given us. Faithfulness is the proper stewardship of all that God has given us. Now let's pause, hold that tab open for just a second. I wanna just help us out. Please do not just draft into a material thinking with this message today. Y'all with me? It's easy to talk about faithfulness when it comes to finances and resources, so on and so forth, but there's so many areas of our life that you and I are called to steward. Resources is one of them, but many other parts of our self, time, energy, our talents, our gifts, our jobs, our families, our spouses. Come on, singles, you are actually called to steward your singleness. <gasps> I know, weird. <laughs> so we all have things that we are called to steward, things that God has given us in order to use them well. The Bible exposition commentary defines a steward like this. A steward, check this out. This is so important for us to grab a hold of. A steward is a servant who manages everything for his master. Oh, but here it is. But who himself owns nothing. A steward is a servant who manages everything for his master, but who himself owns nothing. Is it possible? that one of the most significant reasons we face a breakdown in faithfulness is because somewhere along the way, we've begun to believe that we own what we do not. Some of us along the way have decided that this is my body, not God's. We decided that this is my mind, not God's. This is my money, not God's. This is my church, not God's. These are my kids, not God's. These are my emotions, not God's. These are my thoughts, not God's. These are my feelings, not God's. Can I just tell you today that you and I are not owners of anything. We are simply stewards of the things that God has given us. And you and I have been called to be faithful with all of them. And what happens so many times is that when we take the reins and we believe that what is God's is actually ours, that's where we find ourselves operating in pride, in elitism, entitlement, selfishness, and ego. And that has no place in the life and the design of a steward. Am I talking to anybody in the 10 o'clock service today? Come on. And so what I wanna do today is I just simply wanna help us understand, that's the theory behind this, that's the theology, the, the framework, the philosophy, if you will, of faithfulness from a scriptural standpoint. Now I wanna get practical. How many of you love practical things at the end of the day? So how, how, do we, how do we get this now in operation? What does faithfulness really look like? How do we do this every single day in our lives? And that's what I wanna deal with for the remainder of our time today. So at my church back in Salt Lake City, Utah, is I get everybody to lock in with me by just shouting the, the point that we're on, number one, number two, number three, number four. So will you guys work with me today? Will would be like my church today? So I need everybody to shout number one, Here's the first thing. Remember the first thing I, wanna, I want us to grab a hold of today. Write this down. Faithfulness will always reorganize what you prioritize. Faithfulness will always reorganize what you prioritize. Watch what Jesus deals with in John chapter five, verse 19. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, the son of, is not able, this is Jesus speaking, the son is not able to do anything on his own. Can we stop there for a second? How many of you know that in, by way of the world standards right now, if Jesus were to publicly say this, like if he were to throw out a tweet, hey, just so everybody knows, uh, I don't do anything on my own. How many of you know in our current culture and generation, he would be defined as weak? I want you to think about this. But Jesus says, I don't do anything on on my own. But our culture, the air that we breathe right now is I am a self made man. Yeah. I'm an independent woman. <laughs> That'll be the only time I do that today. <laughs> we breathe the air of independence, we breathe the air of self madeness. But Jesus says, I don't do anything on my own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son likewise does these things. What Jesus is saying is that his life was organized around the priorities of heaven. And faithfulness is the ability to allow our lives to be reorganized around the priorities of heaven rather than the priorities of our self. Here's what I want us to see. Jesus is showing us that faithfulness flows from proximity. Faithfulness becomes a natural byproduct of our lives when we commune with Jesus. When we pray, when we read his word and worship, Jesus was able to reorient his his life around the priority of heaven because the Bible tells us he was in communion with the Father all the time. So he only did what he saw the Father doing. Faithfulness flows from proximity. When we read, when we pray, when we worship, this is why Paul in Ephesians chapter five, verse one would say this, be imitators of God. Reorder your life, allow your life to shift, the priorities of your life to shift. Let me illustrate it this way. Um, I've got a confession to make in church today. Don't look at me with judgmental eyes when I tell you this, but my workout list, playlist is not saved. Now, right now, just for a therapy moment, how many of you would agree that yours isn't either? Show, come on, put your hands up. This, these are my people. The rest of you are liars, and we, we'll deal with you after service. <laughs> and so um, I have a gym downstairs in our basement, and so I was working out, uh, this was just a, a few weeks back, and it was bench day. So. There's two days where I really like, I can listen to worship in some of my auxiliary workouts, but when it's like lifting day, like bench day and squats day, I gotta put my playlist on because it's really hard to squat or bench press to like elevation worship, right? <laughs> like you're like weeping and having this God moment in the middle, like it's dangerous, right? Like you're gonna hurt yourself. And so, so I, had my, I had my playlist on and, and I realized something, and I don't know if you've done this before for those of you who, who work out, is as I was benching, I found myself going in rhythm with the music. And I was like, yeah, and I was going for it and I was hyped and everything like that. And then all of a sudden after I was in rhythm with the music, I noticed something else that was happening. Not only was I in rhythm with the music, but I was singing the music out loud. And then I realized another thing. If my kids were to walk in, they would not like what was coming out of dad's mouth. And this is the powerful truth that I realized at the end of the day is that you don't have to give permission to everything that gets in you. You just have to give it proximity. Yeah. Wow, that's good. And what you give proximity to, you will be faithful to. Yeah. The crazy thing was, is that I don't normally talk that way. I would never say some of those things in a cognitive moment. But because I had given proximity to something, it got in me without even giving it permission. I use that as a story to illustrate at the end of the day, what you are close to will get in you and come out of you. Come on, somebody. What you, what you stay close with, it'll get in you and it'll come out of you before you even know it. That's why, like, can I encourage you, if you're new to faith right now and you're trying to figure this thing out, can I just tell you cozy up to Jesus? Get so close to Him. Listen, at the end of the day, you don't have to try to work this behavior modification thing. You just need to get close to Jesus. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. And when you are close to Him, He will redefine you. You will think new thoughts. You will feel new things. You will believe in a different way. And as you are in proximity to the Holy Spirit, He will change you at the end of the day. So faithfulness will always reorganize what you prioritize. Now from just a simple reality, how many of you know faithfulness in our physical health requires reorganizing our daily eating habits and exercise habits? How many of you agree with me? Has anybody ever prayed for a six pack before? Has anybody had, ever had that prayer answered before? I just wanna know, because talk to me, I need your faith after service, okay? See, the funny thing is, is that we laugh about it, but this is how some of us treat our faith, is we pray for things. We pray for God to do something, that simple reorganization will do in our life. Faithfulness in our minds requires reorganizing our thoughts and a daily renewal of our minds. Did you know that if you have a proclivity towards negativity and you hang out with negative people, you're gonna talk negatively and think negatively? These are, just, these are just simple things. How many of you have ever met an Eeyore person? Everybody look forward, do not look at your neighbor, okay? Does anybody know any Eeyore people? You know those people that have the ability to turn everything negative? Have you met them before? I was literally talking to somebody, this was a few years ago, out in the front of our church. It was a beautiful day, it was a beautiful service. God moved, we're standing out front. And I remember just standing out there and as we were talking, I had this really great conversation. I stopped, little ADD moment. I was like, man, it is beautiful out here today. The sun is shining. I was like getting the tan outside as we were standing out there. I was like, it is so gorgeous outside. It's so beautiful. I love it when the sun's out. And as quick as I said those words, they said, yeah, but the sun will give you cancer. And I was like, I'm done. I can't. I can't with you. I thought to myself, man, they need to reorganize their thoughts if that's your first Y'all see what I'm talking about? Do you know faithfulness in our finances requires a reorganization, a prioritizing, a faithful giving, saving, and proper budgeting. Faithfulness in our families is reordering how we do life. I was telling the, your guys' leadership team yesterday, if you were to ask my daughter, and you can ask her after service, she'll tell you. We are at home, at dinner, around our table together as a family most, most nights of the week. Why? Because we've allowed our faith and our faithfulness to reorganize how our family does life. Does that make sense to everybody? Faithfulness will always reorganize what you prioritize. Number two, everybody shout number two? There's the second thing I want you to grab a hold of is that faithfulness, oh, this one, now I'm gonna get up in your neighborhood. Is that all right with everybody? Like I said, crazy uncle stuff and then I'll get on an airplane and you can deal with it later, okay? Faithfulness is more than intention, it's practical. Faithfulness is more than intention, it's practical. For the sake of time, we're not gonna read through the length of this scripture, but Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 to 30 is gonna give, um, give us the story or the parable of the talents. It's a fascinating story. I know many of us have heard, that, heard this parable before, but for those of us who haven't, the parable goes like this. There's a master and he's got a few servants. And that master gives each of these servants a denomination of talents. Talents wasn't like a gift playing the guitar, it was a, it was a monetary amount. So the master gives these talents to his servants, five, two, and one. Now this, this parable has been talked about in many different ways and defined in many different ways and taught in many different ways, but I have been struck, fascinated at this moment that takes place after the master gives the talents to his servants. The Bible tells us this, Jesus says, that as soon as the master gave the talents to these guys, they immediately, two of them immediately went and did something with it, and the third one went and buried it. And this parable to me speaks the loudest as we consider the idea of immediacy. Because here's the thing, Many of us live our lives with great intentions, but no action. Come on, am I up in anybody's business today? (laughs) We live our lives with all kinds of great thoughts about what we want to do, but never taking the steps to do it. Did you know faithfulness is the ability to have an idea, a thought, a dream, a plan, and then putting work to it at the end of the day? And there are things in your life and in my life that God has given us that he says, I don't want you to just think about doing good things with it. I want you to actually do great things with it. I don't want you to just have church services on Sunday morning, but I actually want you to love people Monday through Saturday. I don't want you to just come in here and worship when the band is going, but can you worship me in your cubicle when your boss is on your case? Can you worship me at home when things are a little bit tense? Can you give me everything that you are even when you don't feel like giving it to me? Can you be faithful with the things that I've given you? That's what faithfulness is. Faithfulness is the ability, no matter what's going on, to immediately do something, to act. Now just to be sure, we're not talking about earning our salvation. How many of you would agree with me that the gospel is that we have salvation, faith alone is the, is, the, is the reality there. That's the gospel, you can't earn it, you can't get it on rollback at Walmart, you can't buy it at bulk and Costco. Come on somebody, grace is from Jesus and Jesus alone. I am saved by God's grace. Is anybody thankful for Jesus today? I'm not trying to earn anything, but oh man, there's some things that God has given me that he wants me to do something with immediately. How many of you have ever played the, if I won the lottery game? Show of hands, some of you are like, I don't know if I wanna show my hand anymore, right? Put them up. put them up. I've played the game on every road trip, every road trip. Erica, my wife, will be like, what would you do if you won the lottery, right? And so we'd, we'd like retire our parents. We'd put stuff aside for the kids. We're in a building campaign for our church right now. There'd be no building campaign ever. It'd just be like, we're gonna take care of it. You know, you have these big ideas and dreams. But isn't it funny that we play these games, and then I read an article recently of the amount of people, the statistics surrounding those people who have won the lottery and are now bankrupt. Have you ever read those before? It's frightening. Why? because the gift doesn't change the heart. Some of us are praying for God to give us that promotion. And God's like, why would I, why would I give this gift to you? You've been written up for being late 19 times. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's getting quiet in church today. <laughs> They're like, all right, he needs to go now, he needs to go. We're like, God, would you bless my finances? And God's like, how can I give you what you want? I can't trust you with a hundred, why would I give you a thousand? We can have great ideas about what we would do with stuff, but the question I wanna ask today is are you actually faithful with it? Are you, oh, oh come on, let's lean in, Holy Spirit speak right now. Are you faithful with your words? Come on, spouses. I want a great marriage, I want a great marriage, I want a great marriage, God bless our marriage. But are you faithful with your words in the marriage? Or is the other person in your marriage your target and you're just arrow after arrow after arrow? Can I be a pastor today, is that all right? I'm not a guest, can I just be a pastor today? Are you faithful with your singleness singles? Are you faithful to say, God, I'm gonna give you this moment in my life? Did you know that for all the singles in the house today, I just feel like saying this, did you know that it's not a curse? It's not. Some of the singles run around like this is like a curse. Did you know the apex of your life is not getting married? Ask the married people. (laughs) I love when I talk to singles and they're like, oh, I can't wait till I'm married. And then then you talk to the married couples and they're like, ah, we should have probably waited. So, um, (laughs) Faithfulness with every area of our life. Are you faithful with your ideas? Are you faithful with your school? Are you faithful with your job? Are you faithful with your friends? Simple things, but they're so profound at the end of the day. Commentator Matthew Henney wrote this. He said, entrust a servant with goods to be disposed of by him and see whether he be faithful to his trust. If he be so and dispense with fidelity the treasures You commit to him, it is to be expected that you will entrust him with more and make him ruler over much. Oswald Chambers wrote this. He said, faithfulness and stewardship is measured, check this out, not by success, but by obedience and fidelity to God's commands. Did you know when we planted our church, we had no idea if it was gonna work. No idea that people were gonna show up or not. But here's the crazy thing. God has never asked us to be successful in the eyes of the world. He's only asked us to be obedient to his commands. So I don't know what it's going to look like at the end of the day, but is it possible? And I just find this fascinating. If you just like go down the train of thought with me for just a minute. I wonder if sometimes God simply, simply asks us to do something, not because it's going to be successful or be this big, massive thing, but to see if we will actually take the step and do it. The greatest amount of success you and I can ever have in our life is faithfulness. Obedience at the end of the day. Here's another way to ask it or or say it. Maybe, Maybe like this, this might strike somebody today. The worst kind of failure is success at something God never asked us to do. Are you potentially building something that God never asked you to do? I have no idea what heaven's gonna look like, but can we go between the lines for just a second? Little crazy illustration. I just wonder if we stroll up to heaven, we get up there and we're like, Peter, I need to see Jesus. I have no idea whether Peter's gonna be like the, the gatekeeper on things, right? But Peter, I need to see Jesus. And we stroll up on Jesus and we're like, Jesus, look at what I built in my life. And I just wonder if he'd say to us, I didn't ask you to build that. Is it possible some of us are striving right now for something that God never asked us to strive for? Y'all see what I'm talking about? And I watch so many people lose so much because they're striving and they're 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 toiling and they're pushing so hard. Is it potential? Like we are doing that after something that God never asked us to do? Okay, now I just really want to meddle today, (laughs) as if I haven't been already. But is it possible that we're building a business and we should be on the mission field? Is it possible that you're doing this thing and you should? You should be doing this thing. I don't know what the details are, but I just wonder how many of us are running the other direction from what God has actually given us to be faithful with. Because we would much more rather be successful, successful in the eyes of the world than in the eyes of God. Number three, everybody shout number three. Here's the third thing. These last two will go a little bit faster because you can grab a hold of them a little bit more. But the third thing is this, courage is a necessity for living with faithfulness. Courage is a necessity for living with faithfulness. First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 says this, be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. I love second Timothy chapter one, verses six to seven. It says this, therefore I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power come on somebody love and of sound judgment. And here's what I've come to realize is that safety is usually the greatest enemy of faithfulness. Wow. Safety is usually the greatest enemy of faithfulness. Why? Oh, here we go. Cuz God, and I'm a just very black and white statement right now. God will never ask us to do safe things. I believe it was writing from C.S. Lewis. I think it was the Chronicles of Narnia, and I'm just paraphrasing, but they said the lion is dangerous, but he's good. God doesn't invite us into safe places, but he invites us into places where it will take courage. How many of you agree with me? It's not a safe world that we're living in right now but how many of you would also agree with me that courage is necessary in this moment from the church? It's not safe raising kids right now, but we need courageous parents. Come on, it's not not safe doing marriages in this world right now, but we need courageous marriages. It's not safe building churches, but we need courageous churches right now. It's not safe building businesses right now, but we need courageous business leaders right now in our neighborhoods and communities. It is not, the world is not a safe place, but God did not ask us to hold back. He asked us to be faithful. Building a boat was not safe for Noah. Come on, somebody. Facing a giant was not safe for Goliath. Facing the prophets of Baal was not safe for Elijah. Facing the Pharisees obviously was not safe for Jesus. Planting churches across Asia Minor was not safe for for Paul. He never said it was gonna be safe, but oh church, he said it would be worth it at the end of the day. And I'm just wondering if we are in a church here at Oasis City Church with a bunch of people who said, I am going to be found faithful. It's all it takes is faithfulness, and faithfulness is not, it's not safe. Don't fear. Don't let this political season cause fear. Don't let the economy cause fear. Don't let the housing market cause fear. Come on, am I talking to anybody in church today? Like, don't let what's happening on the campus cause fear. Strong, courageous, fight for our families, fight for our kids, stand on the wall with a hammer and a sword. Believe for God's best, be found faithful. And the fourth one is this. I love this one, it's my favorite one. Everybody shout number four. four. Y'all ready for number four? Last one is this. Faithfulness is the heart of Jesus. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one to two. Lots of Bible today. I just want you to see, this is not my opinion. This is what scripture teaches us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one to two says this. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, if you would read previous before this, Hebrews chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews is gonna tell us about all of these people, men and women who lived courageously, and they they operated in faithfulness. Go back and read, it's a fascinating chapter of Hebrews. But this chapter, chapter 11 is gonna come to culmination as the writer of Hebrews is now gonna lift our eyes to the pinnacle, the person of the greatest degree of faithfulness, which is Jesus. He's gonna say, therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And then watch this, let us run with endurance or or faithfulness, the race that lies before us. Come on, if anybody is in this place today and you're thinking about giving up, don't give up. Come on, if you're thinking about throwing in the towel, don't throw it in, keep on going, keep on doing your race, keep on doing what God's called you to do. So how do we run this race? Writer of Hebrews tells us, he says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross. Despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Can I just point out something today about faithfulness? I don't know if you've ever looked at salvation like this before, the gift that we have in Jesus. Salvation is the fruit of Jesus' faithfulness. Yeah. Yeah. He endured the cross, because how many of you, come on, let's just, just admit, none of us would have finished carrying that cross. Yeah. Yeah. But for the joy set before him, he saw, you. he saw you, he saw you, he saw me. Every lash, every nail, every ounce of pain, the brutality the spit, the blood. I know we don't like to talk about the cross like that anymore, but can we talk about what it really is? Jesus was faithful and the fruit of his faithfulness is what sets you and I free. His faithfulness, oh, come on church, it defeated death, hell, and the grave. His faithfulness at the end of the day paved the way so that you and I might have eternity with him in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody shouted, amen, amen, and amen. I'm gonna ask everybody to bow your head and close your eyes in this moment today. I wanna ask you a question. I don't know what you came in here with today. I don't know what it's on your shoulders. But here's what I do know. You're not here by accident. There's many of us in this room today that are here every single weekend, but there might be some of us today that have maybe you stepped in here for the first time. You're kicking the tires on faith, but... Something in what was said today has caused you to look at life differently just now, in this moment. And you might say, man, I need that Jesus that you're talking about. I need that Jesus that you've been shouting about today. And if that's you, I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with us today. Call this the prayer of salvation. There's nothing fancy in these words, but rather the heart from which these words come. Come from today. And if you would say, man, Jason, that's me. I need Jesus today. I wanna say yes to him. Would you pray this prayer with us today? We're all gonna pray it out loud so we don't leave anybody alone in this moment. So as loud as you can, can everybody just repeat this after me? Everybody say, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you my right now. I'm putting my future in your hands. Save me, change me, make me new. I'm sorry. For doing things my way i'm repenting i'm turning to follow your way thank you jesus for the gift of salvation in jesus mighty name with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around right now if you prayed that prayer for the very first time and you're saying yes to jesus today Come on, would you just shoot your hand up right now if that's you? You're saying, man, that's me. I, I need Jesus. I need to say yes right now, right here, right here. Come on, anybody else today? I see you in the back right there. Come on, anybody else today? Throw it up big and high. This is, this is a moment to celebrate. This is a moment to praise God. Anybody else today would say, man, this is me. I see you back there. Come on, so great, so beautiful. Can we lift our head? Can we open our eyes? Can we just celebrate? Come on, somebody. All those saying yes to Jesus today. Thanks again for listening to the Oasis City Church podcast. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, pray for you, or give you next steps on your journey of following Jesus. Send us an email to info at oasiscity.church to get connected today.